0: All right, we'll change the layout here. Welcome, everyone, to, oh, we got one person on right now, uh, to another episode of Fan Fuel Motorsports. Um, I am, once again, your alternate host, Colton Cranmore, joined again by Flagman Dixie GA, Chad Harrington, my guy, and then also our special guest this week, Tanner English. Um, and actually, we, Chad and I were talking about this just before we hopped on. It is perfect that we landed on episode 81, had you on. I know you're switching to 96 uh, after the year, so maybe we'll have to have you on here in about 15 episodes.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, pretty weird. Uh, it's cool, you know, uh, embrace the 81. But also glad to be back with the '96.
0: Yeah, Yeah, and especially that being kind of your family number Chad had pointed out to me before. Um, that is pretty damn cool. And I was born in 96, um, yeah. so I think it's even cooler. Um, well, we'll jump right into it. I know Chad's got a lot of questions about um, your racing career. Um, so we'll kind of have him do like a little bit of an overview of it. Um, just since you guys have a little bit of a pour together. Um, and I'm just going to sit back and see where it goes.
2: Well, Tanner, you know, it's been fun watching you come up through the ranks and everything. I remember watching your dad way back when, when I'd go to visit some other tracks and he'd venture down into Tennessee and I'd happen to be there and then seeing you jump in there and start running the same thing, and you get confused sometimes because you see the same car out there, and it'd be you or your dad, and the announcer would even screw it up a few times, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's been kind of cool over the years to see you get to the level that you actually are getting to drive for these teams and leave the family team and everything like that. But um, now that you're in the world of outlaws – getting ready for the world finals you're going to battle the snot out of this for three races right for rookie of the year and possibly even second place in points correct
1: yeah uh we're 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 in second right now and and max is 20 points behind we're, we went the last weekend like 58 points ahead and we kind of just had everything that could go wrong went wrong
2: last weekend so uh
1: Hopefully, we don't have something like that happen again, and and maybe we can hold on to it.
2: Now, would you attribute that as tracks that you had never been to before and maybe stumping your toe or one of those deals of he just had a little bit better setup and whatnot? But, you know, I remember when you was at Davenport, when you pulled off two in a row there, you know, I mean, you pretty much had everybody covered. It didn't matter where you started at Davenport. You just passed everybody. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I think uh I don't we had some electrical problems last weekend and you know that's always tough to try and figure out at the track, you know, so we we finally figured that out um halfway through the second night and just put us behind all night and then the next night uh we uh broke a right front lower control arm so that that kind of put us out of, we were running fourth, I think, and and ahead of Max, actually going to gain some points and then and that happens. So it just, uh, you know, that's, that's racing, you know. Every now and then you'll have a, have nights like that, and just ain't much you can do to stop it.
2: Right. Uh, some of the things that will get you sometimes, is, you know, you just scratch your head, a $5 part versus a $50 part or a $500 part. It could be either one of those, right, that take you from leading the race with two laps to go to the fact that you don't even get around the racetrack and take the green under the caution while you're making the laps, just a double file, getting ready to go green. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, it's amazing that what some little things can do to your car, you know, just, uh, just like that deal there, the electrical problem ended up being just a loose connection. So, uh, and lucky to even find that, you know, we just happened to be moving a wire while we, uh, while we were hitting the starter. So, uh, you know, if we look on the bright side of things, that that could have put us out of that night. You know, we are lucky to find that. You know, most of the time you don't find it until you get to the shop or something like that. So, uh, we can look on the bright side of things. That that could have went way south pretty quick, and uh, but we turned it around. Just just had all our bad luck pile up that next night. All
2: right. Well, being on the road all this year, what it what is it like being a world of outlaw rookie? How has it made a difference in your career path already and the growth as a maturity of a driver traveling to the tracks that they travel to? I know you've done a lot of Lucas racing in the past as well, but Woo seems to go to quite a few different tracks that are, that Lucas doesn't and they can be a lot more challenging from what I can tell. Yeah. Um, it seems like, just a lot of large
1: variety of tracks, you know, just like when we go to Williams Grove, that's like nothing I've ever been on before in my life, you know? So just, uh, kind of getting thrown to the wolves like that. It, it, it hardens you up pretty quick, you know, uh, you, you got to learn fast and, uh, just try to, uh, you're just winging it all the time. Basically, you know, a lot of people don't, um, don't understand how much you're just kind of throwing something at the wall. and hoping it sticks. So, uh, just to come out of like places like that we you throw over the top five and, and uh just everything you know all these tracks are anymore even uh when we was out in Pennsylvania with some low car counts you know there's there's nothing but good cars anymore you know there's no no cherry picking or anything like that so it's uh it's pretty amazing the level of competition that we race against weekly
2: uh- Knowing that you go to some of these places, do you ever, since being a rookie on the tour, would you go to a lot of the guys that you know run more races there to get a little bit of advice? And, I mean, you you know, like Williams Grove, I mean, those straightaways are daunting. It seems like you don't ever get to the corner. And then do you lift or you, do you just sling her in there and let her eat? Or is there a certain way you got to get in the corner just to make it? Because those are some tight corners around Williams Grove.
1: Right, yeah. Well, those, I think, uh, we, we turned our very first laps there, you know, in hot laps and I, I didn't really ask anybody anything. I just more or less, like I said, winged it. And then, uh, I think we broke the track record there in, in hot laps. So I think the only person fashion me was Guston and, uh, I was amazed, you know, I couldn't believe it. I, I thought I messed up four times. So, uh, it's just, a lot of times, I wish my very first laps on a racetrack were qualifying laps because I don't know if I get bad habits or something like that. But that very first lap's always usually the fastest. So uh, it's it's weird how it works. You know, places you've been to a hundred times, you sometimes worse than the places you've been to hadn't been to at all. So it's pretty weird how it works.
2: Is it possible you overthink yourself because you know the racetrack and versus not knowing it and just giving it your all.
1: Definitely, yeah. Yeah, a lot of times you get um, preconceived uh, thoughts or, or ideas on the track. And uh, just, you know, most of the time these dirt tracks, they're, they're different every time you go through them. So uh, you can't really, you know, take what you learned the last time to it the next time. Either the cars have changed or the track's changed, the dirt's changed. Something something has got different.
2: Okay. Um, knowing that you've changed a lot going from the family team to being on the road all the time, what kind of routine that you do now in the shop versus what you did since you're on the road a lot more to where you have to do different things now to make sure everything works right?
1: Um, just staying up on uh, maintenance, you know, is a big, big deal. Just making sure you don't have those DNS like like we had this past weekend, you know, uh, that was our very first one. And, and I don't think I could have done anything to prevent it, you know, uh, just something that like a parts failure, you know, that, that you don't expect that hasn't happened all year. So, um, I don't know, just, just really knowing your race car and knowing what to look for and stuff like that, really paying attention. You just got to keep your eyes open all the time and, uh, you know, it's, anything can go wrong. You just got to – so you got to look at everything and replace parts. Get get parts scheduled on a regular replacement schedule. So, um, I don't know. It's just a lot of things you can do to try to prevent DNS, but sometimes you just can't prevent them.
2: That's understandable there. Um, I know we have a lot more fan interaction and fans on here as podcast guests and everything. So most of the fans that are probably listening and watching tonight, what is like a maintenance schedule to a dirt lake model? Do you go through everything every week after you bring it home from the track? Or is it something like you'll take a rear end and maybe take it out every other week and rebuild it to make sure there's nothing wrong with it or what do you do to the front end and how you know setting the steering and stuff like that how, how do you do your maintenance routine
1: um main thing you just you start out washing and uh just get everything as clean as you can possibly get it you know and a lot of times you can find uh problems while you're doing that you know i i kind of i like to be the one to wash the car Um, just so I, you know, I'm going to look at every inch of the car anyways while I'm washing it. So if I see something wrong, that's usually when I see it, you know, so, uh, that's a big deal. Um, like I said, being aware of the car, but, you know, after we wash it, we'll wipe it down. Um, then I start going through taking the shocks off checking those um that's a big deal nowadays checking them on a smasher you know you never know what can happen um we run on some rough racetracks or something spring can give up anything can happen so uh that's the main thing you now that's a big performance uh factor there is those shots and springs and just making sure they're right and uh after that uh you know you just kind of go through and make sure that nothing's bound up you know i'll take the bird the pull bars loose on the birdcage and, and, uh, kind of work the birdcage, make sure it's free. Uh, all the front end parts, I'll work back and forth and make sure it's all good. Um, you know, on, like you said, on rear ends, we don't, we don't necessarily rebuild them. Um, they're, they're pretty stout nowadays, so, but we will, uh, you know, we, we like to run them a certain amount of laps, you know, whether it be, if we've been on a rough racetrack, we might only go 500 laps. But if we're on a, you know, we've been on a bunch of smooth ones, we may go a thousand. So, uh, uh, you just kind of gotta gotta pay attention to stuff like that and, and uh, know your equipment and just uh, front end wise, you know, if you bump if you bump wheels, you always have to remember that because you're you're gonna have to go back and uh, go through your front end, whether it be changing. Parts or uh, just resetting it. Um, It's, it's these things are a lot of work and,
2: uh, you know, it's not just don't close them off and and bring them to the track the next day. Yeah. All righty. Well, I got a few more questions then on this. Uh, I know the springs and the shocks, and you say, you know, you got the um, spring smashers and everything. I don't want you to give up any trade secrets or anything like that. I've seen them done in the, in the haulers and everything. I've been there. I, I've helped a few drivers clean helmets and stuff and do stuff like that when I'm there. Of course, you know, I do a lot of mats for a lot of guys, you know. So um, I, get, I get to hang out with y'all in a different capacity than other people may get to. You know, yep. they stand out there. They don't get to see some of the inner workings. But how does that spring smashing work to where you know the numbers are going to give you maximum grip or do you need it to be uh maximum traction or is it something that needs to be like oh that's going to be too much and i ain't going to have nor near enough for the track conditions
1: it's all um so every chassis, chassis builder will give you a uh center to center measurement you know for your for your load on your shock so what you're doing there is basically wherever it's riding around in the pits that is your center center number um and then they give you a range where you want to be at at that point so but taking that most of the time you're never anywhere close to what they suggest um it's just all relative so like if uh you if you did something um, on a right front and you knew that you needed to get a little bit more travel or something like that, you just, you just start working down until you get to that point where you think it's too much or not enough or whatever, you know? And, uh, it's just, uh, it's, you're always learning. I mean, we, we try something all the time and it's, it's way more, uh, Way more guessing and uh, trying than, than than actual science to it, you know. If um, once you learn enough, it is kind of a science, but um, it's it's hard to it's hard to know that right off the bat, you know. You, it all comes with experience, and that's kind of what this deal does. Running up down the road, you just it uh it's like taking a college course and you know elementary. You know, it totally uh, puts you in a place where you're uncomfortable and and uh, you have no, no choice but to learn, you know, sink or swim. So you just kind of got to play it by ear and, and hope for the best. And,
2: and say you got a best friend out there. I won't say whichever one it may be, but those load numbers on each one of your shocks could be different from, say, somebody like, madden or overton or davenport or it may be exactly like shippings you know but it's all based off of the feel from your hands and your butt and your feet right it it's when you feel it doesn't necessarily mean that that number is going to work for you if somebody gives you their numbers at some point
1: exactly yeah i mean i talk to a lot of people and uh you know, I don't think they lie to me, you know, I mean, I, I just, some things don't work for other people, you know, same thing with me, like, if I tell somebody to do something that, and they go out there and are terrible, you know, most, I'm, I'm probably not, I'm not, not telling the truth, it just didn't work for them, you know, um, it, it's just a tough deal, you know, like, you just my car I, I know a lot of people that um i try to help or whatever and it, and i know some people that have tried to run some stuff that i ran before and and it's just they they hate it so uh i i grew up in a different time and and you know when i started racing late miles we were running swing arm raven cars so I like a different feel than I mean, the yeah, guy that you're up racing XR1. So it's just, it's hard to, uh, I don't know, it's hard to translate from one, one car to the next or one driver to the next.
0: Yeah. So uh, I heard a, uh, I heard Rusty Wallace say one time that he would always share his setup, no matter what, to the T of what it was, because he knew that if he gave it to someone else that they were not going to copy it exactly. They were going to say, I don't.
1: Right. He's like not this wedge,
0: me. I don't like whichever. Is it? Have you ever done that? Have you ever gotten a setup from someone and then said, "Nah, this ain't gonna work," and change a couple things and decided his whole oh, setup yeah. was just shit?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. You re- you outthink yourself most of the time. Um, uh, most of the time, you know, like I, when I got this uh, car that I'm in now, the very first thing I put on there was good. You know, just this standard. Um, all the standard stuff and then you sometimes you just tweak yourself right out of the ballpark. So uh you gotta you gotta stay in your own little zone there and then, I don't know, I, I I probably got exactly right but, I don't know. It's a weird deal, you know it's all
2: yeah. mind game.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like you said overthinking yourself a lot of times. All
2: right. All right. Here, Here's a good one now. Now that you're battling Max, y'all got three races left. At the end of this, he goes and takes over Josh Richards' ride for next year, and you go to the car that he's been driving. How does that feel since it's coming? is it kind of ironic or is it one of those change the scenery is going to do you better? Or is it one of those like, wow, I can't believe that he's leaving and they asked me to drive his car. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's, it is a weird deal, but, uh, you know, me and Max got along good all year and, uh, you know, he's, he's, uh, got a different idea what, what he wants to do with his career and, and they, this, you know, it, it's all good. You know, it's just, uh, you know, this, this sport, that's the way it works. Um, you know, you gotta, you got to, uh, get along with everybody. And cause you never know when you might need somebody or something like that. You know, it's a, it's a big family and, uh, like, you know, I'm running this, I'm going to be in the Viper motorsport car and I'm like really excited for that opportunity. You know, uh, just, just ready to get going on the next year and uh, and see what we can do. You know, uh, and I'm sure Max is the same way with his his new deal of boom and and uh, we're just just trying to finish out the year and uh, finish finish just as strong as we. You know, it, it hasn't changed our outlook on anything. Me, me or him, we're still trying to win every race and 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 do the best we can for our, for our current car owners.
2: Right, and I know Riggs has been, the Riggs family has been really good to you the past few years, too. Otherwise, they wouldn't put you in their car. Um, right. But my last question before we get to who Tanner English really is, is what race did you run this year that surprised the everlasting hell out of you with your performance?
1: I'd probably say uh, – I ran third there of Volusia, and uh, you know, like I think that was the second night we were running. It was the second night at Volusia, and it was the second night of the second go around. But, anyways,
2: yeah, I know I, w- I was there, I know which one you're talking
1: about. Yeah, ran ran third, and uh, uh that's just a place that I never would have expected to run good at, you know. Uh, not really my forte, you know. East Bay's more my deal. Um, I like, I like you know the smaller racetracks kind of a little bit slower stuff like that so uh just places like that or Williams Grove and places like that when, when we ran good at those tracks it just uh it makes you feel like maybe you can do this for a living you know it's a uh, because you're I feel like uh I'm supposed to win that at every time I go to a or a Davenport or something like that like I feel like um that's my deal so to to run good at those bigger tracks and and uh places i wouldn't expect to it just uh it it feels good and gives you a little pep in your step
0: so i got before um and that's that's awesome i'll have to go back and watch that i'm done to be honest tanner and don't take this personally but i don't watch a lot of dirt racing anymore um and it's not because i don't i don't find it interesting or i don't like it it's just i live in wyoming and we yeah. don't have a lot around here. And it's, yeah. you know, it's, it takes a lot of time to follow, um, Correct. different time zones and stuff. Um, so I'm, I mean, you just taught me a ton right there. Um, I think I learned more about dirt racing in the last 20 minutes than I did all the last six months. Um, yeah. so that was awesome. I have, before we get into you know a little bit of the behind the scenes stuff, I have a quick sort of icebreaker. Um, we sent Chad down. We sent. Chad went on his own accord down uh, to, I believe it was Volusia. Uh,
2: uh, it was both East Bay and Volusia when I did East that. Bay,
0: yeah, and Volusia. But he got um, interviews with guys and did a fast 10 questions, where he just asked 10 questions, asked them as fast as you can, or answered them as fast as you can. Um, so I'm going to do a but, fast
2: 8. But, but, Tanner, but Tanner said he wanted to be on the podcast when I talked to him at Volusia. So oh, I never did that go. interview with him. So I was just buying my time until we got him here. Well, there we go. Well, I'm
0: gonna do. It. I'm gonna do both. I'm gonna do a fast eight because I got eight right in front of me here. Um, so we'll just hit them off. What is one track you would like to add to the schedule?
1: Uh, to the World Valley schedule, let's say Fayette County.
0: Fayette County. All right. What track, if any, would you cut from the schedule?
1: Um, I'd say Williams Grove. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> is that just because it's it, like you said, you have never driven anything like it?
1: Yeah, it's just a little sketchy, you know. I I think I about turned over there in the, in the heat race, and I mean, not saying that I like the track and everything. It's just it's just a little outside of my comfort
2: zone. Makes sense. There was um, a pretty good there was a pretty good rut in turns one and two that
0: everybody was having issues with.
2: That yeah, yeah.
0: Um, you have let's say I'm gonna build you two late models. And you can pick any two drivers from history to fill those seats, but you gotta win a championship in them. Who are you picking?
1: Uh I'm gonna say Billy Moyer mm-hmm. and Scott Bloomquist.
0: Scott Bloomquist, all right. Damn, he Harry. goes
1: with two right off of Mount Rushmore, right yeah. off the get go. No Terry English. English? Well, I mean my dad never really did a lot of points racing. You know, he just he did a few oh, that's fair but, big events. But uh Billy and Scott, you know, they they knew how to get it done.
0: That's fair. That's a good answer. That's a good yeah. answer. Um what is one sponsor you'd like to see come into the sport?
1: Um, just any corporate sponsor, you know, I think, I think we're to that level and, and, uh, just, uh, keep getting more and more exposure all the time. You know, it's getting more and more like NASCAR. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but, uh, we got every race we race at on TV. So I can't think of a cheaper way to, for a corporate company to advertise. Yeah. That's
2: right. Hell yeah. Between dirt vision and flow racing slash MAV TV. I I can say you're pretty much probably right in that XR yeah. series when they have the big yeah. ones that they're doing too, they're, yeah. they're streaming there. So mm-hmm. everybody's, I mean, it sucks and I got to have three streams, but you know, I get to watch so much more dirt racing that's but then yeah. even on rewind, if I'm at a racetrack working, so it's great. Yep.
0: Yeah. Um, do you have a pre-race ritual?
1: Um, I don't say like not, not consciously, I probably do the same thing every time. You know the uh, way I just you go through one get...
0: shoe for the other.
1: No, I, I mean I probably do. That's what I'm saying. I I, I think I do the same thing every time. I, I'd say my uh, my crew guys and and my wife could could answer that better, but uh, I don't know. I don't think about it. I just – it is what it is.
0: Makes sense. Um, who is your all-time favorite fictional race car driver?
1: Fictional Ricky Bobby.
0: Ricky Bobby. Hell of a good answer. Um, what is your craziest Oh shit moment inside a race car?
1: Uh, I've got a lot of them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've had a bunch of those. Uh, I've turned over three times, I think. And, uh, I don't know. I, one time I, uh, I was at Northeast Arkansas and, uh, passing window walls around the top and this track doesn't have a wall and uh got a little bit too hard into the corner and and uh high centered it on the berm and it just went to flipping so it that was probably my most violent wreck you know and uh that's that was that one's pretty pretty rough right there so
2: yeah
1: but uh you know that's probably the worst one
0: yeah i'd say flipping out of any racetrack has got to be at the top yeah. um and then, what's a race that you've never run? And it can be in any series that you would most like to run.
1: Um, I don't know. I'd say anything like asphalt, anything like that. Yeah, I'd like oh, to yeah. run that uh derby. I'd like to run that snowball derby, or maybe the big uh, late model race at uh, uh the Nashville Fairgrounds one time. You know, that looks all that looks pretty cool.
2: Uh, yeah. American 400. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, uh, yeah, that would be cool. Um, I just never done any asphalt racing and would like to try it sometime.
0: Yeah. Well, Hey man, I could probably work something out. Yeah. <laughs> probably wouldn't be in a late model, but
2: yeah, that's good. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: so take off the fire suit and helmet, um, load the car up outside of all that. Who is Tanner English? Um, where are you from? Who, who are, give us a little bit of you.
1: Um, I'm from Kentucky. Um, 29 years old, uh, moved to Benton, Illinois when I got married. So I went from Benton to Benton just, uh, about an hour and a half apart and, uh, uh, married, married my wife. And, uh, we got a daughter named Banks. She's a year old. And, uh, just, just, uh, when I'm, when I'm not racing just normal guy, um, trying to, trying to make it. And, and, uh, like to hunt don't get too near as often as i like to you know i like to go uh do a little bit more duck hunting do something than, than i do but uh don't get too much anymore been been chasing the dream and and uh but we're loving every minute of it and, and uh just happy to get to do it
0: yeah hell yeah so you mentioned hunting um perhaps as video games one of your hobbies you're in a video game now so how does that feel
1: that's uh pretty cool. You know, I had not got to play it much. Uh been so wide open since that thing released, uh I actually don't even have it. I was I've been putting off uh I don't want to download it. I d I wanna go to a store and buy it just for the nostalgia. Yeah. So, yeah. But, uh, you know, it it don't seem like they even sell video games at the store. So uh, I think I to break down and download it and,
2: and
0: yeah yeah something about going in picking up a physical copy you know telling the clerk that you're in the video game that'd be that'd be pretty damn cool
2: uh, i mean as bad as bad as it seems i know you may not be able to find it in a store yet but you can go on amazon and order it online so i mean amazon prime would probably have it to you next day if they don't just drop it off
1: in yeah, about three hours yeah yeah i mean i grew up playing video games and uh Uh, NASCAR 98 was, was my, was my thing, you know, uh, put the cheap put the paintball cheat code in there and, uh, get after it. So, uh, uh, you know, just, just knowing that you're, that when I was a kid, you know, I looked up to people in those video games and, and maybe, maybe a kid might do the same with me. It's pretty, pretty cool. And, uh, you know, happy to, happy to be a part of it
0: yeah yeah well maybe not even a kid because if i get it for christmas i'm
2: damn sure gonna be tanner english every time <laughs> right yeah.
1: yeah um
2: i mean you get you get all the glory of being a race car driver because they show you i mean my job being on the flag stand they don't yeah. show that i mean yeah i, I mean I, I get downplayed for my my role at a racetrack i mean yeah i'm
1: sure you're in there somewhere though
2: in, in one of them yeah yeah <laughs> it's gotta be yeah I doubt it because, you know, I flagged at Dixie last year when they were making the game, so Lucas showed up there, not not Woo. so I'm pretty sure that I got overlooked again. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Damn. Yeah. Maybe Lucas will come out with one next.
0: Yeah. Yeah, or at least an expansion pack or something maybe. Right, um, yeah. I want to ask a, a quick one, too. You, I know Chad mentioned earlier his mats. Do you have Chad's mats?
1: I do, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah, kickass. I was wondering, it was going to be an awkward couple minutes there if you didn't.
2: much. Uh, I, no, I mean, you, a lot of people go through different avenues to get them. Mike yeah. makes them, and me and Tanner, I told him about, you know, because they had actually ordered them through a different person. But I explained that to him that, yeah, I'm the I'm the guy that manufactured it, right, uh, and sold it to the person that they bought it from. So. Right. As long as I see my mats and all these haulers, man, it, it's awesome. That's and, awesome. you know, the night that you were down there and you finished third, out of the 30-car field, there was 22 drivers in the field with the mats that my company manufactures in the haulers. That's awesome. So, I mean, you, you got to love it, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Chad, have you ever thought of changing your middle
0: name to mats? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, you're missing
0: really. a, There's a huge selling point there.
1: That's Business how I, that, cards. That's how I got you saved under my um in my phone. <laughs> really? Yeah.
0: Hell yeah! See right there. Yep. Chad
2: Matt. Yeah. Well, Chad yeah. Matt. Yep, yeah. Matt. <laughs> and
0: then uh, I know, know a lot
2: of other ones know me as the Matt guy too. So <laughs> yep, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I want to know what shirt you have on.
2: Uh,
1: Jason Welsh. All right. Hell yeah! God Who shirt.
0: Making sure you weren't breaking the rule.
1: What's who was? Yeah, it?
0: don't don't wear your own merch, right? Isn't that the thing?
1: No,
2: that's Not that's a qualification right there. Yeah, <laughs> Jason's a cool cat, man. I, I I've known him and seen him race for the many years, and especially when I got the opportunity flag at Cleveland, Tennessee, back in 2007, and he'd come down there and race, and I mean. Jason's just a character all in himself. I mean, and then yeah, when he, he brought is. that Scott who sign out when he was set on the pole that night, that was yep. the greatest moment in history of oh, yeah. race, Racing, I believe, for driver intros. Yeah. He
1: showed me that. We parked of him. That's how I got to know Jason. We parked beside of him there at the Dome, and uh, he showed me that sign, and he said, do you think I ought to do this? I said, well, heck, yeah. You know, that'll get you all kinds of things, because for all the people like Scott, there's half, there's double that that don't. So uh, they're automatically yours after that. Right.
0: So, so break down some lingo here. The dome, that's in St. Louis, right? It's the Gateway right. Nationals. Okay. Because yep. I remember watching that one last year. That was pretty badass. Um, yep. Are you running that again this year?
1: I think so, yeah. Um, we're uh, we're trying to put stuff together to get it. Get it. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Hell yeah!
0: Well, hopefully the payout's still going to be thirty grand. That'd be pretty nice.
1: Yeah, yeah. We just need to just need to finish one spot better.
0: Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah! Um, so your dad, Terry, I mentioned him earlier. Um, he's pretty damn successful little dirt driver. Um, so I just got a couple Cliff Notes here from Alex. He was a twenty twenty National Dirt Late Model Hall of Fame inductee, um, winner of several big events. I'm sure both you and Chad could just rattle off a whole list of them. The ice Bowl. Um, and he had a string of 34 and 44 wins seasons in 2001 and 2002 respectively. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. breakdown for us, for me and other listeners out here who might not know Terry English as well. Um, what kind of impact that had on your life growing up and you becoming a dirt driver?
1: Uh, it's uh, the reason I'm doing anything, you know, to do with racing. i just, uh, watch my dad my whole life and learned a lot from him and, uh, you know i wouldn't know anything about these race cars for my dad uh, just just being there and and uh you know watching him do things it, it uh that's that's how i learned how to i mean adjust on the cars change things fix things you know like i just i like i, I like to hang out in the shop and i pay attention and, and uh, you know my dad he was pretty successful and did it did it with a lot less than uh uh, most people did so that's that's one thing i think i took from him and just just out of you know uh, whether it be even though you don't have very many resources just put put free places Along with just and putting yourself in bad situations and and, uh, just being there at the end of the races, it it takes a different driver to feel like and and, uh, you know kind of of right way to do it. And you know, a lot of times because you're at the you're there at the end so uh, it's a success you can have just just paying attention to what you're doing out here
2: tanner i got a one other question with that with your dad and everything and you you're cutting out just a little bit while while you're speaking i don't know if it's because you're rocking in the recliner or what yeah that but it is uh i'm pretty sure you and your dad are the only father and son duo to have two of the most unique trophies in dirt lake model racing am i correct there both of Uh, y'all have toilet bowls
1: yeah we do we do actually uh you know uh I just got mine here this past year or two years ago, I think it was, and and uh, he's got one as well. It's amazing we don't have more. Um, we're, you know, that's our pretty much our home track. Clarksville is, and, and uh, we've been close a lot of times. Just me and him both only have one, so it's a, uh, it's kind of weird. We we've, we've won the plunger night. Me and him both have won it um, also, so. Uh, which is the night before, and, uh, you know, Clarksville, it's kind of weird around that time, so it's not like a normal Clarksville, so most of the time there's a bunch bunch of racing that goes on there, so, you know, it's uh, for that weekend, so it's kind of, sometimes it's one lane, but, you know, we've been lucky enough to win it both once each, so uh, it's pretty cool.
2: Now, where do you put a trophy like that?
1: Well, it's been sitting in the, um, shop there at my, uh, at, in the bathroom of the shop, but it's perfect. It's not, <laughs> uh, it's, it's not hooked boy. up. It's just sitting there. So, uh, hopefully nobody uses it. Um, because it's uh, it would go nowhere. So, uh, uh, yeah, exactly. So I don't plan on. I don't plan on ever using it, but it'll definitely be around for a while, uh, just as a conversation piece. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah coming handy, maybe a practical joke one day or something. Right.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. How often does your dad go to the races with you now, and does he does he still have great racing advice for you, or is the cars now a little bit more technical, technologically advanced, past where his input would help? compared to you helping him right um
1: you know he he goes quite a bit still um he actually takes care of uh, dylan thompson's car which is that car i drove at volusia um so he doesn't get to go as often as he did um so he, he goes with him about once a month or so so um but when he goes he's a big help you know just uh watching the racetrack you know as much as the cars have changed, uh, the racetracks haven't at all. Usually, you know, I mean, the way they progress and stuff like that. So, um, that's one thing he's really good at is watching the track, knowing what to expect and, uh, you know, seeing what changes to make you, whether it be tight or loose, you know, he can send me in the right direction and, uh, just, wow. you know, he, he raced the car this year too. So, um, he knows, he knows uh what these cars are supposed to feel like and and what what they need to look like from outside looking in
2: well i guess if he does at least one or two a year then he's definitely going to keep his knowledge up on the same level and i I gotta say now somebody that's like your dad as many surfaces as he's seen in his lifetime he's probably got you by leaps and bounds off of knowing what a track's going to do even though You've traveled so many different places across the country, right? It's got to be that expertise of knowing how to look at dirt, yeah, or definitely, and yeah, just make that right call. It's definitely, uh,
1: it's an acquired skill for sure. You know, not everybody can just jump out there and, and uh, know what to expect. You know, same thing. Uh oh. Oh.
0: No bueno. Oh,
1: there we go. Sorry about that. Uh, but uh, yeah, so like I said, t- making tire choices and stuff like that—that's um, that's still the same. On you know, you got to read the dirt to make make the tire choice and and everything like that. So that's a big deal. He does as
2: well. If you had to say who's the best at doing that today, that's racing supers right now in 2022 2021 who is the best at reading the track as a driver right now
1: um i'd say you know uh that that davenport he's a, he's pretty good at uh at reading a track and and uh knowing when to save his equipment you know he i've watched him a lot of times you know think well he's gonna finish seventh or eighth you know he ain't gonna be no good and then next thing you know he's he's leading so uh he just knows when to when to go when not to go and and where to go so that's kind of that's kind of how i've tried to model myself you know just to just to be patient and be smart and uh just like that that um, weekend at davenport you know we start on a pole we fell to eight and uh we try not to panic um just just rode it out, and then the next thing you know, we're we're leading it and, and uh, leading the last ten laps. So, um, I always say I need hundred lap races uh, every everywhere I go. You know, uh, usually going there at the last last ten on a hundred lap race. So, uh, some of them I need to be hundred and fifties, but uh, uh, you know, most uh, maybe of time, 200, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, most of the time, I you know. I don't know. I usually have a way more tire left than anybody on the racetrack, so I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. But uh,
2: well, I guess odd. in in some cases you've just solidified yourself for a good payday or a good points day, but then you want to get out and kick yourself in the butt because you wasn't more aggressive to make exactly. it a little bit further up, right?
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Most time in these big races, I'll end up a third, or a fourth, or a fifth, and then think i should have went uh 10 laps earlier but we're getting a little better at it and and, uh knowing when to go and when not to go
0: yeah i think we got time for just one or two more here before we uh before we go ahead and wrap it up i want to know is there is there one fun story you can tell us one embarrassing i don't care what it is give us a give us a fun one and it doesn't have to be necessarily from racing just something funny
2: man i don't know uh about Tanner English, you know, yeah, yeah, put you yeah,
1: on
2: the spot, it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, everybody
1: on this World of Outlaw deal has been uh, uh, making fun of me a little bit because uh, after Fairberry, uh, I don't know if you know Gordy or know his antics a little bit, Gordy yes. Gundecker, you know, uh, he likes to, likes to party a little bit, likes to get a little crazy, so uh. I'm laying in bed at uh at Fairbury and it's like I don't know, two, three in the morning. Um cannot you there?
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. Sorry. Yeah. I didn't know if I lost mic or not. But anyways, uh I cannot go to bed um because this this he's got this big speaker playing. Um I mean as loud as it'll go. Anyways, I swear, It "Should Have Been a Cowboy" by Toby Keith was on 450 times, <laughs> and uh, so the whole the whole time after that, you know, that's that was on my Snapchat and on my Instagram. You know, I was playing "Should Have Been a Cowboy" from then on, and and I swear, the whole next day, the the whole hundred laps of the Prairie Dirt Classic, I was singing that in my helmet. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, Gordy he. He likes to likes to do some stuff like that, and uh, uh, it's all he's always having a good time.
0: Yeah, hell yeah! you ought to tell Gordy to take a week off in July and send him out here to Cheyenne for the rodeo. I right uh, Yeah,
2: idea. yeah. In. I'm sure he would. He yeah. would. and now uh, there's there's some people that don't know exactly how passionate Tanner is either. Um, I just happened to be at a race this past year at East Bay and i am telling you one thing i have never seen tanner jump from a car as quickly as i did without a helmet on and boy this man was livid because somebody forgot to go across the scales and they were gonna let him <laughs> in for the feature yeah and you want to tell us a little bit about that uh well you know i
1: i get pretty pretty revved up sometimes uh you know a lot of people think i'm Relaxed and everything, which I am the majority of the time. But um, this this racing deal, it'll it gets you uh, pretty passionate about things, and, and uh, you know you pour your heart into it. And uh, we were uh, one spot out of making it, and that night, and uh, that was going to determine me making the show or not. So I was, uh, you know, no 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 offense against Turbo. I know it's just a mistake, but uh, I wasn't about to let him you know let that go because i know it wouldn't wouldn't happen for me so uh, i was uh i was pretty revved up and uh you you get like that sometimes you know just it's a it's a tough sport and we're always uh you know like like that deal there we'd already been racing down there racing for three weeks or so so by then you're uh you're a little wore out and, and uh ready to uh ready to pounce on anything that that, that goes wrong so yeah. it's a it's a tough deal and sometimes it gets you in spots you don't want to be but uh it just just shows how much we care about it
0: yeah so i got one last one for you here i'm gonna call it innovation because there's no such thing as cheating and racing um my dad used to take the lead weights from his race car and paint other guys numbers on them so if they ever fell out they'd get penalized <laughs> Do you have a good innovation story that, and maybe you ran it as a, you know, growing up or your dad did it? Don't give anything away you're doing now, but.
1: Yeah. Well, on the, on the weight side of things, we've ran some decoy weights before, you know, make it put a big piece of lead on there that, that, that's not really a piece of lead, um, just to make people wonder, stuff like that. So a lot of times this, this dirt late mall stuff's about, about mind games, you know, you make somebody. Yeah. You make them look one place, and uh, you're doing something another place. You know, Scott's Scott's probably the best at that. Um, but man, I can't think of anything in particular besides just doing something like that. Uh, we've come up with some crazy stuff. I don't know if it's uh, if it was illegal or not, but um, I, I know we've uh, we've had some torsion bars on a late model before, which is you know, I'm I'm not gonna say where, but uh, you know, it was it was uh it was in some questionable places, and and uh definitely helped uh it helped uh plant the tires in the ground. I don't know if that was a it was a good thing or not. We we uh, uh tested a lot, and uh, you know I don't I don't know. This stuff's got so far past um. It's just everybody's in the same box nowadays, you know, and, and uh, uh, everything's everybody's figured out, so, uh, so many things to the T that, that when you go trying other things like that nowadays. It's just, uh, it gets you more off track than, than, than uh, trying to find an edge, you know. There just ain't many edges left in late early morrison.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah. Chad jumped in here real quick. Um, I know I said last one. I got one last one.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, where are you racing for the world finals, and then the Peach State Classic the following weekend?
1: So, uh, yeah, I'll be at the world finals. But the weekend after, I'm actually going to uh, Vegas. Um, so basically, we're we're driving straight from Charlotte to Vegas, Man. and uh, racing there. It's gonna be a it's. I don't know how far it is from Charlotte, but from my house it's twenty-four out twenty-five hours, something like that. So it's going to be quite the drive, and uh, you know we're uh, we're looking forward to going out there. And that's going to actually be my first first race in the Viper Motorsports car. So uh, looking oh, yeah. forward to that, and uh, and uh, ready to get going.
0: Yeah. Um, last little bit here. Go ahead and plug in your sponsors, the guys who are uh, you know helping you out along the
1: way. Yeah, I mean, I got to thank, uh, which I'm about to have to learn a lot more sponsors, but, uh, good. Uh, I got to thank Supreme Enterprises. Um, it's my cousin, Clay Barnes. He's helped me out a ton. And, uh, you know, Riggs Motorsports, uh, Face Fuels, Hoosier Tire, uh, Haas Horizontal, uh, Slicker Graphics, uh, All Star Performance, Wild Drive Shafts. Got to thank Ralph. He's, he's helped me out my whole career. And, uh, uh just everybody on the car i appreciate him a ton uh uh best one tire uh swift springs just everybody that helps out i appreciate them. don't want to forget nobody uh bill steen uh they came on board here recently and picked up our program pretty good and uh look forward to working with them some more the next year and, and uh definitely to think longhorn chassis and uh, just everybody there steve and uh everybody at Longhorn for everything they've done and, uh, you know, look forward to next year.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, thank you Tanner again for coming on. Um, yep. this is a super fun episode. I'm glad to have you on. Uh, we got a couple really good stories out of it. We got to learn a bunch about you. Um, and I, like I said, I learned a ton about dirt racing today. Um,
1: that's good.
0: It, yeah. It's great. Um, I can't wait to move, uh, down. I'm actually planning on moving to South Carolina. So I can hope really? yeah, kind yeah. of right in the hub of most of that.
1: Yeah, they got a lot um, of dirt racing there.
0: Yeah, and it's all over down there, so it's crazy. So I'm sure I'll be mm-hmm. seeing more of you in the future. Um, and if you have an off weekend anywhere, um, text Chad, get a hold of us. We'd be more than happy to have you back on. Uh, like I said, maybe episode 96 would be a good one. Uh, just kind of keep it even here. Um, but right. we want to thank everyone for uh, for watching along with us. Um, we've had quite a bit of people chime in here. Uh, Chad, thank you again for jumping in and helping out with the hosting part of it. Um, getting kind of into a lot of the questions that I wouldn't have known to ask so we thank you again for that Chad's always cool about helping out and thank you Chad for your mats um, Yeah, those are some kick-ass mats my guy
2: they are <laughs> they make uh, you look leather. a lot more professional than what you think and it definitely gives a way to sponsor to make sure that they can show out for the team and a way to make sure that the team is showing out for the sponsor as well
0: yeah, yeah I've seen them They're, they really are great mats Check them out. Um, Other than that, thank you guys again for watching. Thank you, Tanner, for coming on. Thank you, Chad. Thanks, Tanner. Um, Thank you. Yeah, and we will see all of you viewers again next week when we sit down to recap all of the Homestead Miami, uh, USGP, um, and even the Martinsville race weekend. We'll sit down and discuss NASCAR Championship 4, everything there is to be discussed. Um, Other than that, you guys have a good one. We'll see you next week.